<clears throat> Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, listeners of all types and ages, welcome back to the JKWD podcast. Stop that smile. Get that smile off your face. Quit trying to crack me up. Well, you already cracked a little bit, but you didn't do it aloud. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Shear. What's up, Kelvin? Hanging in. Good. Doing all right. This podcast that people are about to hear Yeah. pretty awesome, huh? Yeah, we're starting a trend, I think, you know. Hey, we should warn you that, that this one earned that E. I know we've got a couple episodes up there with an E that were kind of like a... Um, a tease. <laughs> every, you know, somebody, dropped, somebody dropped an ass or a dam, and we're like, I think we're supposed to put an E on this. No, this one gets an E. <laughs> <laughs> so just if you got kids in the car or you know... You're blasting your speakers at work. Just just understand that. Yes, it's going to be a couple of those. But not bad. No, they they were, were, yeah. They were purposeful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they were absolutely That's correct. So I always tell my wife, you know, when we have kids, you know, they go to school and they, you know, they curse. I get a call from the teacher. You're going to have to deal with it because my first question is going to be, did he use it correctly? And if the answer is yes, <laughs> die, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Jimmy was being a fucking asshole. Well, was Jimmy being a fucking asshole? Well, <laughs> we just got another E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> not the record show. Josh said that and not me. Yeah, that's true. We, we, can, we can count on that reliably, but it'll that's be Josh. Okay. But aside from that, this is pretty awesome amazing. Podcast. It's a dynamic guest, and she gets real. You know, we have we have people sometimes that, you know, they 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 stay up on the superhero track and they don't come down to where we are. Uh, not 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 our guest, obviously, but um, but this one she gets down and you know she gets real human, talks about real life, and. Yet in yeah. the same in the same vein, this is a woman who is really helping to change people's lives, and this is a podcast worth listening to. Yeah, you are going to learn so much in uh, what was it like fifty four minutes or something like like it. Something. It seemed like it was packed and packed and packed. And I, there was one time I looked up, and then I learned like forty five things. And I looked back up, and it was only five minutes later. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, okay, good. so this is so. you're getting a lot per minute here. This is definitely worth it. We're it brought time, to you. Yeah. What is it they used to say? Made for a woman, but strong enough for a man. You know, I'm not going to say that. I mean, that was a commercial. It was mine. This is strong enough for everybody, and everybody needs to hear what she's got to say. Um, she is a coach, generally speaking, who has been empowering women. So women especially need to hear this. But, uh, you know, let your let your husbands and boyfriends overhear her in the background, you know. Yeah. So, so they know what a rocket you're about to become. It's true. Yeah. All right. So. We're brought to you today, as always. As always. By Audible. Audiblechild.com slash JKWD for your free audiobook and your free month at Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash JKWD or text JKWD to 500 500 and they'll send you a link to get your free audiobook, your free month at Audible. It works if you're lazy. <laughs> or oh, if you just like doing stuff on your phone. Yeah. Because um, Audible is going to wind up on your phone anyway, I guess, right? That is true. That is true. So it'll be Most, fun. Enjoy that. And listen to this show. Hey, 
how to dominate your world. You ready? Here we go. Why don't we start by having you introduce yourself to our audience since we can all just read the same bio and it's probably not going to do you any justice. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, I'm Bree Seeley. I am a coach, an author, a speaker, and a podcaster myself. I um, have been an entrepreneur for 11 years. It's been probably one of the craziest things I've ever done in my life, uh, full of the highest highs and the lowest lows that I think, I don't know, most human experiences could ever, <laughs> could ever have. Um, and what else is important about me? I, so my specialty in coaching, because, you know, everyone and their mom is a coach nowadays, is that I help people bring their ideas to life. So my people come to me knowing exactly where they are in life, knowing exactly where they want to be, and having absolutely no idea what happens in between those two points. <laughs> so I help people, and, and my whole thing is like, I don't give advice. I don't actually have the answers about how to create your path. My job is to help illuminate within you the answers that are already there that you just can't see yet. So. Yeah. So two quick questions. Yes. How, how and why? I mean, those are the biggest questions, right? Like my, my client's biggest pain point is exactly that. How? How do I get there? How do I, like how? How is this all going to play out? How is that path going to be revealed? Like how? It's my client's biggest pain point. And, you know, it takes a whole lot of searching and the why is actually one of the things that really starts igniting that path and really illuminating that path. Because the more you can know what those driving factors are, the more easily the steps are going to be revealed. If you're in it for superficial reasons or just to make money or things like that, it's usually going to be, you know, a decent climb to the top. And so really getting to the heart of things and getting to that why and really figuring out what that inner driving motivation is, is kind of the first step. And what's your why? My why is that women, I, I help a lot of women. I'm actually just transitioning into, into supporting men as well. Um, it's been knocking on my door for several months and I'm kind of like dipping my toe in. That's um, those wives got successful and the guys needed to catch up. It's, it is so funny that I've served women for so long and they all teach their husbands what I've taught them. And I've had more and more men just being like, I know you only work with women, but like, is there any way you'd, you know, you'd work with me? And, <laughs> and it's true. You know, we all need this stuff right now. I think I started working with women because, you know, I, I looked at how much women have placed their power in the hands of others for mm -hmm. so long. I mean, like millennia, centuries, right? And I was raised by a single mom. And she had to own her power in order for not only her to be successful, but for me to one, turn out like I have <laughs> and, you know, have a modicum of success in my life as well. And I just see all these women just constantly relinquishing their power and giving it away. And, you know, men do this as well, right? Like we all put our hands, our power in the hands of other people and my biggest word that I gift my people is the word responsibility. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's this new show on Amazon called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And it's a brilliant show. Set in the 50s, she's, uh, you know, Upper East Side, New York City housewife whose husband is, you know, makes all the money and he comes home one day and is basically like, I'm leaving you. And she goes down to her parents because they live in the same complex and she goes down to her parents and her mom looks at her and goes Joel left you what did you do and this woman has like nothing she has nothing she ends up you know at 26 with two children having to move back in with her parents in the 50s because she had nothing to her name and she you know she had to figure out and of course season one ends right as she's like figuring it out right but um she had to she had to she has to figure out you know how do I take care of myself because it's always been that, you know, we're expected to be taken care of by other people. And that's just not how it works. 
not yeah, definitely, anymore. Definitely not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your your call to greatness? Where, where were you back when you decided to make your move, plant your stake, and and move on? I uh, had a day job right out of grad school that I was with. I think I was with them for about eight years. And I knew when I said yes to the job, the day I said yes to the job, I knew I didn't want it. And I knew it wasn't my path. And I said yes anyways, because we're taught that if you want to be successful, you have to get a paycheck from someone else. And you have to just grin and bear it. You have to be unhappy. Just say yes for the money. And after doing that for many, many, many years and hating every step of it, digging my heels in, (laughs) energetically fighting and crying and screaming and all of those things. Um, You know, I always say the universe usually gives you two options, right? Like it it gives you the whispers and the nudges and it gives you the opportunity to change your situation. Or if you don't follow them and you're like me, it just knocks you on your ass. (laughs) And so I call that the universal two by four where the universe literally got out of two by four and like knocked me down. And I, uh, it was four years ago, I got an email from my employers saying that they were cutting my pay in half. And uh, I chose to tell them to go to hell and (laughs) figured it out on my own. And, you know, that was four years ago. And it's been a hard four years. It's been a really hard four years. If I could go back and do it again, would I have taken the whispers and the nudges? Probably. (laughs) Probably. But that was kind of my moment where I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done playing by other people's rules. I'm done compromising my integrity. I'm done pretending that I don't have something to say in the world and that, you know, what I'm here for doesn't matter. And of course I've had more and more of those moments. Trump getting elected was another one of those moments. Um, like I've had a, several of those moments over the last four years that have really caused me to kind of like continue rising up out of the mud. Um, yeah. Wow. So if that moment four years ago was kind of like a zero, you know, not necessarily in terms of, you know, being sunk, but now it's the bottom of your ladder because you're starting over, you're starting something new. Where are you right now? Um, <laughs> it's funny because, of course, we all see ourselves, right, completely different than most people see ourselves. Like, for example, I had a call with a girlfriend the other day and she answered and she's like, how's my super famous best-selling author friend, right? Like, that's how she sees me. And, you know, realistically on any given day, and, and I'm a high achiever and this is my biggest opportunity, right, is um, I would look at my where I am right now and say I'm probably at like a three or four. Other people would look at where I am right now and see that I'm like an eight or a nine. And so it's really, truly, honestly, all about perspective, right? And so my opportunity, especially over the last few months, is really healing within myself this like not enoughness. So I had this epic book launch in November, like it went real well. I have been ranking still, I have done no marketing no advertising, nothing. And I am still like, what, four months later, uh, ranking number two and three in my categories with zero effort whatsoever. And I look at that and say, that's not enough. And so the the biggest opportunity that I've had and, and the path of an entrepreneur and the reason I say it's so difficult is that if you're not dealing with this stuff, if you're not doing the healing work, Mm-hmm. to deal with these things, then your your entrepreneurial journey is going to be hindered by all this stuff that you're carrying around, all these beliefs and expectations you're carrying around. And so my opportunity the last few months has really been doing that healing work and really diving in right as we started. I told you guys I had just done a hypnosis and I'm, I have been doing hypnoses. Uh, I, I got, I've been doing them and then I also got trained in it as well. Okay. And uh, really giving myself the opportunity to be the success that everyone else sees. Can you talk about that a little bit? I, I don't think yes. we've talked about hypnosis at all. Um, you know, in almost two years doing this podcast, um, you know, what is it? What What are the benefits for you? Um, and are you are you self hypnotizing? Are you going to somebody? 
Yeah. So the way I see hypnosis, so basically our brains, like if you were to look at a computer, our brains are essentially like our operating systems, right? So if we somehow get like a virus in our operating systems, which is like our limiting beliefs, our perceptions, all of that stuff, it affects the kind of output that we make, right? So I see hypnosis essentially as going into your own personal hard drive and removing the virus and re like rewiring, reprogramming in the things that you need in order to function optimally. So I had my, I did my first session in October and my second session in December and then decided from that point to get certified. So I got certified over Christmas and started doing hypnosis for people in January. And it's been amazing. I just had another session this week, like I said. And so I, there are some levels of hypnosis that I can self do. Um, but things like this, these big things, um, I, I have someone that I go see because there's a lot about like, and the one I had this week there, I had so much resistance coming up. Like as I was in hypnosis, I was witnessing myself resisting so badly what we were working on, like so badly. And so for me to have someone else there, she's able to push Mm -hmm. and like really dive deeper and like continue asking me the questions that I need to be asked in order to heal it versus like if it's just me, of course, my brain's going to want to keep itself safe and be like, no, we're not going to go there. We're just going to like look over that. So as a, as a, as a coach, and I know um, one of the signs of a, of a good coach is a, a good coach gets coached. <laughs> and so with the things that you have discovered for yourself in your continuing maintenance of you, um, how does that help you pull your clients through the jungles that they have to go through? Yeah, I mean, my biggest opportunity and, and my clients will tell you this and anyone that knows you or knows me will tell you this as well is that like I, I, co- I can coach people through the shit because I've been through it and I, I still actively go through it, right? Like there's a lot of coaches that want to put themselves up on this pedestal and make everything look perfect and they're not going through anything and all this stuff. I'm sorry, but that's a lie. And if they're not actively going through their stuff, then you probably shouldn't hire them anyways. I'm super real about where I'm at and what I'm going through. And if I'm not willing to go through my stuff and heal myself and be in the depths of it all, I have absolutely no right to be supporting anyone else through their stuff. Excellent. You sound, you sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, um, I've been writing for so long and basically it's like, you know, I'm never talking to anyone. I'm not talking to myself. I'm always talking to myself. When I say that this person needs to do whatever, I'm, I'm already talking to me because I'm, I'm as human as they are. And a lot of people, and I was told a, a long time ago um, that, you know, people don't want their coaches to be coaching. And I find that that is not true. When people witness that their coach like yourself, who is magnificently, uh, performing is still in the battle, being themselves, overcoming. It helps them know that they can continue to overcome. So, what is your? What would you say? And, and I don't know if this is a fair question. Uh, is your greatest accomplishment to date, as far as uh, coaching successes, or uh, the thing that gives you your most power as a as a coach? It's funny because I was just thinking about this this morning on my morning walk. I'm like, how is it that when I coach people, they all end up more successful than me? (laughs) 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 And so, I mean, that's one of the things. I'm actually having dinner tonight with a former client who's become a dear, dear friend. And she like quadrupled her business last year. Quadrupled. Like so easily. And she calls me all the time and she's like, Everything that I am in the world right now is because of you. She sent me all of her 2017 goals and she was like, all of these came true because of you, because of the work we did together. And so that's one of the things that I would say is my biggest accomplishment is really being able to watch and see all of the women I've worked with 
do such amazing things in the world. And they're all across different industries, you know, different crafts. They have different visions. They want different things for their lives. And um, that's really what keeps me going. And even yesterday, I had a call with a client and I have watched her visibly shift from who she was when I met her 10 months ago to who she is today. And that's another thing when I get on the phone with women. And I just like, I can physically see the difference between who they were and who they are. And that's another big motivation for me to like not quit and keep going. So you work with a lot of women across different industries and across different types. Do you see a lot of commonalities in um, what they need from you, you know, despite, you know, where they're coming from, where they're trying to get, um, are there like two or three things that, you know, all of us or a lot of us are probably not recognizing that we're not doing or not noticing in ourselves? Yeah, I think the biggest one is that, you know, especially in women, but again, I also know that this is true for men, um, is the permission piece. We want approval and we want permission from other people before we decide to say yes to embarking on our journey. And I always remind my women that like everything outside of you is always temporary. Everything. There is only one constant that will remain true for, the enti- for your entire life from the day you're born until the day you die. And that's you. And so if you're constantly seeking for permission, approval, validation, things like that on the outside, it's only ever going to be temporary and you're going to need it again and you're going to need it again and you're going to need it again. Which is exactly why, like, so I I love that old saying of, like, you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, you teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. I firmly believe that my work in the world teaches people to fish. It doesn't just give them quick answers where they then need to come back for more and, like, get more approval and get more input and get more this, get more that. It's constant vicious cycle, right? Which is what a lot of the industry is built on right now. People need to be taught to have the autonomy and the power within themselves to do what it is they want and need to do in the world and stop asking for other people's permission. I, I, not to spoiler alert, I end my book by saying like, I give you permission, Mm -hmm. but the most important question is, do you? So how do you handle, um, Maybe that's not the right question because you talked about um, all your clients come to you knowing exactly what they want, exactly where they want to go, exactly what they want to be and no clue how to get there through those, through those stages. So are those the clients you look for? Are those the ones that you, um, is, is that your niche or, or is that just happens to be what the universe is? That was a Philly question. What the universe is sending you. <laughs> Like, do do you are are you designing your your coaching for that niche? Yeah, I you know it's funny. This the the how question has been staring me in the face for the last eighteen months. I did a training where I taught like I think I taught like three thousand people over the course of ninety days, like manifestation stuff. And the biggest question I got throughout the whole thing was, but how? And it's been staring me in the face, staring me in the face, staring me in the face until I had a sales call like two weeks ago where the girl literally said, I know where I am. I know where I want to be, but how do I get there? And I was like, it was again, like one of those two by four moments where I was like, oh my God, that's been literally staring me in the face for the last 18 months. And I've been saying everything like literally around that core thing, but I haven't like been able to like hone in on that was, that's my core. So it's kind of been what I've been doing for the last two years, but I just didn't have the words to put to it. And so now I've redone all of my marketing stuff, really made things a lot more clear. In fact, I'm changing my podcast. My new podcast coming out in March is going to be called But How, a podcast to help you bring your ideas to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's was more guided by the universe. And because that guidance was there, then I shifted. And it wasn't, it was less of a shift. It was more of just like a clarity Mm -hmm. in my marketing. 
Yeah. So I want to back up to something you said earlier. Um, you said you see yourself at a three or a four, while others see you at an eight or a nine. Um, and you did say you know it might be a matter of perspective, but I want to find out: is it uh, for you? Uh, are you more interested in seeing your three or four as an eight or a nine, or do you have an eight or a nine in your head that you'll know what you get? And if so, I mean, what is it? I have an eight or a nine in my head that I know when I get there, but this is the problem, right? Like we have that peak. By the time we get to that peak, that's going to be the three or four, and I'm going to have moved on to another eight or nine, right? And so the thing is that until you are able to see your current situation as an eight or a nine, you will never attract in that eight or nine that you're looking for. So, you know, the, the satisfaction has to come before the results ever show up. And this is firmly what I teach as well, right? Like, it's just so you, you can have an evolving eight or nine, like eight or nine is not fixed. You can, I might be at an eight for Josh today, but Josh in two years is going to have a different eight. Exactly. And you're not going to be able to get to that eight in two years if you're not able to be at the eight today. So my work right now is really remembering that everything, even though right now today I can tell you I'm not where I want to be, that right now today is exactly divinely perfect, that there is absolutely nothing I would change about it, and that I am completely and utterly satisfied with my experience as it is today. Awesome. I'm not there yet, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is a constant and evolving. And And the thing is, right, like I might get to that place tomorrow and then the day after that, I may not be there again. So it's like it's this constant, you know, and I use the feedback loop constantly in my life as like what's working, what's not working, what am I really satisfied with right now, what's causing me this dissatisfaction because whatever's causing me this dissatisfaction isn't what's outside of me, it's what's inside of me. And until I can heal that and really have that like on lock, no matter what happens outside of me, it will never be that eight or nine ever. But simultaneously, you're helping other people build themselves to incredible levels where they, they always tell, tell me now that, you know, that the, uh, the success of the teacher is when the student outperforms the, the master. You know, <laughs> so you, you keep going. For well, there you go. Then I'm successful. How's that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but you are, but you are. So as far as things go, that being your passion, how do you feel about what you are helping people through? And I was going to say what you're doing for people, but you're not really doing it for people. You are, you are helping them identify it for themselves and bring it out. How do you feel about your success in that area? How does it make you feel like deep down in your in, inside? I love it. When I have sessions with clients, when I get to get on Zoom and like jam with, with them and like really, really support them and bringing this out, it's like hands down the best. Like when I'm in service, that's when I feel like I'm like I'm in that 10, right? So whether it's, podcasting or I have, you know, several keynotes coming up and workshops coming up and clients and, you know, all these things like that's when I feel in that 10 zone. There is literally nothing that compares to me being of service in my life at all. Let's talk about the book a little and the concept behind it. Um, And we'll do this now because it sounds like you've got the basis for the next one coming with but how so let's let's get back to let's get back to permission and uh, your book is permission to leap and yes. um so it came out in november and it's been doing really well um so congratulations for that but uh, what's you. the what was the genesis of of this where did it come from and and yeah. why why leap yeah 
it's so funny because now that I've written this book, everything, there's so many things that I'm seeing everywhere about taking that leap. I was watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy last night and they were talking about like taking the leap and all this stuff. And I'm like, I need to send that guy a copy of my book. <laughs> Anyways, um, so my book came to me. I, I have a very uh, strong and consistent meditation practice. And last January I was meditating and got this really clear, like writing a book this year. And I was like, Where'd that come from? Okay, like what, what am I writing about? I have no idea. And so my job during the whole process was just to constantly open up and be open. And so I started a, a notebook and would go to the cafe every Sunday and just jot down ideas about what was on my mind, what was in my heart, what articles I'd read that week that really inspired me, like what I was excited about, what conversations I was having. And I just started being open. And one thing that really stood out again and again and again was that people have a hard time committing to what it is they want because of the huge, huge unknowns and, and quote unquote risks that come along with it. And a lot of people have a hard time even just taking that first step because of all these misconceptions about the whole process, right? Like, well, you know, I need to have it all figured out before I say yes. That's bullshit. You know, I need to, I need to, I need to er eradicate all of my fears before, before I take the first step. Again, bullshit. You're always going to have fear. It's always going to be there. So how do we overcome and move through all these misconceptions so that people can actually start saying yes to these things that are inside of them? So the whole first half is just kind of like setting the stage. It's a little bit of like prep stuff and, and baseline foundational information the second half of the book is moving people through, okay, so once you say yes, here's, here are the things that are going to play out. You're going to have moments where you're going to face like this double check where, you know, for me, right before I moved to LA, my mom came to visit and she was like, I just don't think you should move to LA. And in all the years with all the crazy shit I've done, like moving to Italy on a month's notice without knowing the language or a single person, right? Like my mom had never said, don't do it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. I clearly shouldn't move to Los Angeles. That's a sign. When in fact, it was just an opportunity for the universe to say like, are you serious? Like, are you really going to do this? This is a big deal. Are you going? Or are you not going? You have, to, you have to make a commitment and like really move forward. So there's all sorts of things that happen, you know, there's, and then of course there's tools, there's ways to get into alignment. And then of course, when you're getting into alignment with what you want, the things that are now out of alignment with what you want start falling away. And people think that, oh my gosh, everything in my life is falling apart. I clearly made the wrong decision. No, your life is just realigning itself, right? Like, so the book kind of breaks down a lot of the common misconceptions, gives the people, gives people the understanding the tools, the knowledge they need to actually say yes with confidence and move forward down that path. And to know that stuff's going to happen because now that's a, now instead of being a panic point, it's a sign that things are working. Yeah. And, and, and I like that. Uh, I don't think I've had enough panic points just quite yet. <laughs> oh my God. I have. Can I work for some more panic points here for me? Can I give you some of mine? You can have some of mine. <laughs> Uh, Josh, you got something? Um, no, no, I, I was, I was waiting to, to actually hear some of these panic points. So, so maybe we could modify them for Kelvin. <laughs> uh, my no, panic points? Light, light a fire under him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. Oh my gosh! I, I can talk about this stuff forever. I, this is my area. That's, 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 this is what I do. So, and uh, so much of what you said today resonates with me. If you had to, I mean, we all have somebody. They say who has inspired us to, 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 to be who we are or even start the journeys that we've started, who would be, if you could pick the most significant person in your life that has given you that, that fire, that passion, determination to move forward, who, who would that person be? Yeah, so a lot of it, honestly is myself. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm very hard on myself, but I also just have this like thing within me. In fact, I just had an energy reading last week and she was like, wow, I have never felt someone like so 
determined as you and she's like and it's not about anything outside of you it's just literally within you Mm -hmm. um so there's that but also the the lineage of women that i come from at least three generations back have been a huge motivation for me so looking back at my great grandmother's story back in you know the depression era she was living my grandmother grew up in dc and my great grandmother was married to a bootlegger and an alcoholic and she decided you know back in the day to get a divorce she was catholic back in the day like in the you know turn of the century right like (laughs) getting a divorce which wasn't common back then and she was catholic so not only was she excommunicated from the church but when she divorced her husband she had nothing to her name even though he was out and about doing bootlegging stuff and like she didn't own a home. She, like, she had nothing to her name. And this is where I talk about before, you know, it, we've given away our power so much. In order for her to have a, a healthy life, she literally had to give up everything, including her children. My grandmother and her siblings were all put into foster care. And so I look at the strength of this woman and you know, I look at my life and I'm like, would I be willing to give up literally everything, everything in pursuit of what I want? And there are a lot of women that that's terrifying. I've gotten to the point where, you know, if I lost everything tomorrow, I'd be fine. I would be absolutely completely fine. But there's a lot of women that wouldn't be and that stay in really, really, really shitty situations because they are so, so scared. And so, you know, I look at her and then I look at my grandmother who said to me, so I'm very purposefully um, and publicly child free. Um, I've been on multiple press outlets talking about my story. And my grandmother came to me because my grandparents didn't know when I went public with this story. They had no idea that I had had surgery so that I can't have children. And my grandmother came to me and said, had I known what I know now, I probably wouldn't have had four kids. But she didn't realize it was an option. I had women reach out to me that said, I didn't know that not having kids was even available to me. Like, I didn't even know that that could be a thing. And so, you know, I look at, I look at my great grandmother and I look at my grandmother. And then, of course, I look at my mom, you know, who, who got to raise me on her own Mm -hmm. and had to face a whole lot of court battles to keep me safe because back in the eighties, it was award custody first. Don't ask any questions later. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I look at these women who had the power to make choices in their lives. And there are a lot of women out there that don't have that. And that's really what I want to instill, especially in women, but again, also as I'm transitioning into this opportunity to start supporting men, like we all have the opportunity within us to create whatever it is we desire. And we all have the right to live a healthy, safe existence. And that's not the reality of our world right now. So I think that's part of what lights the fire within me. And then I also have this weird, I don't know if it's genetic or I don't know, who knows what it is, but this weird fire within myself as well that just keeps raging even on the days when I'm like, can we quit? <laughs> Are we done yet? <laughs> yeah, nothing, you know, nothing in your apartment is smoking right now. So, you know, you, you've got it under containment. Um, now you're, I'm, I'm hearing you. Are, you're also a healer. Are you a, 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 yeah, well, a healer per se? Yeah, I don't necessarily call myself that, but I am attuned in Reiki and have done all sorts of, you know, I, I'm very big into energetics and yeah. So yes, yeah, and it, that's I, what I should have said energy, energy worker. Yeah. 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 Good. Okay. And, and how does that play in your, in your life uh, or in your practice for that matter? Yeah. For my practice, most of it is that I don't see, like I said, I, I'm not the kind of coach that like gives you advice or tells you how to, find your how, like I I give you the tools Mm -hmm. and a lot of the, like the questions that come out of me in sessions and things are, don't come from me. I basically open up my, my job is to open up 
and to be a channel. So I allow energy to flow through me and whatever needs to come through me, whatever needs to be heard, whatever needs to be said in that session, in that teaching, in that healing. Um, my job is to be the open vessel. And like I said, that's exactly how the book came through me as well. I wrote most of the book in a meditative state and I channeled almost all of it. Um, I, I wrote my book actually in under three weeks and everyone's like, oh my God, that's you know, amazing. That's crazy. That's blah, 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 blah. Like, how did you do it? And I'm like, I just sat and was open and I, you know, I, I don't type as well. I, when I'm channeling. So most of my book was also handwritten. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Now that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> it was handwritten and then translated into the computer and then I would reprint it out with like multiple space, you know, space in between all the things. And then I'd go back through and handwrite again and then add it into the computer and reprint it out. It was, I'm sure it took longer than it probably could have, but you know, considering that I still got it out in three weeks. Well, here's a goofy question. Did you don't, recognize don't ever take it. Don't ever tell anybody oh. who, uh, <laughs> who writes books that the three weeks was, it took longer than it could. have. <laughs> <laughs> we have to give more, more, uh, more credit to those, those ads about get your book in three weeks. Say change your life. <laughs> uh, I'll wait yeah. They had they got to give us a meditative training first, but uh, when you when you channel, um, and I don't know that I've ever channeled, but kind of when I look back at something that's, I'll sit down and write and something different. It's like, okay, wow, that's really good stuff. I wonder who wrote that. Did you have that kind of sensation, or or you were you conscious with it the whole the whole time? No, it's so funny because I think it was it was in January because I had an intern starting at the end of January who was going to be writing a lot of social media stuff for me. And I was like, well, I should go through my book. And like, I sent her the book, but I was like, I should also highlight some passages that would be really good for her to use and share and blah, 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 blah. And so I went back and I was reading my book and I actually made myself cry during part of it. I was like, this is really poignant. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was it was very interesting to go back and read it because honestly the majority of it I don't remember. And then as I, I um got a publishing contract for an audiobook as well. So I had to go into the studio and read the entire book out loud as well. And that was another whole experience where I was like, I have zero recollection of the fact that I even put this in the book. I have no so a lot of it was that and some of it too was that when I did the editing process, I was jumping around. Like it wasn't like a solid editing. It was like a little bit here and then chapter nine and then chapter two and then chapter this. And it was like jumping around so much. Mm -hmm. um, and I had, there were a lot of hands in my book, but it was kind of a whirlwind. So it was a combination of a few different things, but yeah, I have no, and even when I'm teaching, I had a three day retreat in my home in January and I basically channeled the whole time I could feel myself just pulling in energy constantly and I had like crystals in both hands and like around my neck and was oh, just wow. trying my best to like stay grounded. Holy and um, <laughs> yeah. the right. women would be like, wait, can you repeat that? And I'm like, I have zero clue what I just said. I'm like, this, can someone else just tell me what I just said? Because I can't like, yeah. Excellent. yeah. Excellent. How long did it take you to learn to trust that? Um, I mean, I really think I had a really poignant experience three years ago mm. that I think opened me up to the trusting factor a little bit more. And it was, so I said, I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years. I've only had my coaching business for three years. So three years ago, I was running a fashion brand under my own name. Mm -hmm. And I was in meditation on spring equinox. So the, the anniversary is coming up very shortly mm -hmm. and heard this very clear, what are you doing? Fashion is not your, like, it's, it's not it. You need to shut your brand down and you need to move on. And it was such a grounded, like, powerful, overwhelming voice mm -hmm. that I got that news on a Saturday. And by the following Tuesday, I announced that my brand was being shut down. Wow. And that, you know, obviously a brand that I'd had for eight years and had no idea what was next. I had no plans. I had no savings. I had no income. I had nothing. And I just trusted it. And very, very, very shortly after that, I um, invested in working with a coach and realized that women had been asking me to teach them what I did for months 
uh, probably close to a year, women had been asking me and I had just been like, oh, I don't do that. Find someone else. And they had basically been asking me, they're like, teach me what you did with your brand. And they weren't saying like they didn't want to learn fashion. They wanted to learn how I had built something out of nothing. Right. Which is exactly what I teach now. Again, <laughs> took me a little ways to get there because of course, yeah. I mean, it's funny, the whole channeling thing, right. is just like getting out of, getting out of the way. Like my, I just, my ego, my thoughts, my me, everything like just has to get out of the way. And it's so funny that when I look at my life, right, like I can do this easily for other people, but then it, it, when it applies to my life, I'm like, I get in my way so much, so much. How can I get out of my own way? Right. We're our own worst enemies. That is it. That is it. At least I can laugh at it. That's all I can say. Like, at least I have a sense of humor about it. I was so upset about something this week and I kept trying to send an email and send an email and send an email. And this particular email, every time I tried to hit send, it, my computer just froze. I could send other emails, but this particular email would not send. And I was like, ah. <laughs> right? Like we just get in our own way so much. Anyways, like I said, at least I have a good sense of humor about it. Awesome. <laughs> good. Oh, Josh is smiling. I like that. Go ahead, Josh, your turn. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to change paths like entirely. Cause you touched on, um, kind of, movements and and kind of waking up under yeah after after trump's election and oh we're getting political (laughs) and one of the things that um one of the things that we've talked about for the better part of the year that that he's been in office at this point um and it's something that you know i tend to come from a place of anger um you know something yeah, and so I've been trying to trying to change my tune and come at it from a from a perspective of kindness, and it's been really difficult. And every I want to say two weeks, but it might not be that long. <laughs> um, there's something else that comes out of the White House or Congress or. Um, somebody opens fire in a crowd and man, that, that level of pissed off just, and you know, I, I keep wondering if it maybe, maybe kindness doesn't need to be part of this. Um, but we're starting to see a lot of movements. Um, you know, the last couple of years it's been, you know, you know, toward the end of the Obama administration, it was black lives matter, but now we've got me too. Uh, the Women's March. Uh, we've been never again coming after this shooting in Florida. Um, what can we learn uh, in our personal lives and use to propel us um, not only to to help ourselves, but to help each other and to help others out um, in the wake of I mean, not just tragedy, but but uh, you know, anger. Uh, there's a lot of group anger right now, I guess is what I'm yeah. getting. And um, yeah. how do we focus that on, you know, more toward, more toward healing and kindness? Because it seems like that's where we're all trying to get just yeah, kind of throwing it around chaotically and not understanding how to get there. Yeah. So my first thing that comes up when you started talking about that is that I well, okay, so I'm going to say these out loud because I have a tendency when I'm going into this mode to forget things. So one, that Trump is a major, major teacher for us and that two, anger isn't bad. Okay, so if I lose my train of thought, we're going back to those two things. (laughs) So one, Trump is just a teacher for us. And, you know, there's a a lot of people that are going to be really angry at this and really disagree. But here's the truth. If Trump wasn't in office right now, there's a really good chance that a lot of this change that we're seeing would not have happened. Correct. We would have kept our heads in the sand and been like, everything's fine. You know, we got, we got Hillary in office. We have a woman in office. Before that, it was like, well, we have a, a black man in office. Like, clearly, our country is not racist. Are you, like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, clearly, we have a woman in office, so there's clearly no glass ceiling, right? So... Trump, I think, is, is 
honestly the biggest blessing that our country could have ever received. And there are going to be, I'm sorry in advance for the two of you for the angry emails that you're receiving right now. <laughs> you can send them to me. I will take care of them. Trump is a brilliant, brilliant teacher for all of us because here's the deal. He is catalyzing people that never, ever, ever, ever would have stepped out of their comfort zone to do something about what's going on in our country right now. I just saw an article pop up on Twitter that there are over 500 women running so far in the 2018 election. 500 women. I don't know the stats, but that's a fuck ton more women than have ever run in any election in any year ever before. Trump has catalyzed people to see the pain and to see the injustice and be angry about it. So here's where the anger part comes in. I remembered, yay. <laughs> Being angry in and of itself is not bad, right? Like we like to label anger as a quote unquote bad emotion and we should not be angry. I say the exact opposite. Be angry. Be angry. But you can't dwell in that anger, right? If right. we hold on to anger and we, we let it rule us, that's when bad things happen, right? And it has to get out somehow and it ends up getting out in a very unproductive and oftentimes harmful way. So use that anger, whatever you're angry about, use it to create momentum for you to do good in the world, whatever that looks like for you, right? So I used the anger about Trump to, you know, really up, and, and I still have a ways to go on this. I, I fully admit that I am not stepping into my power as much as I could be right now. But he lit a fire. That whole, the whole thing lit a fire within me. The Me Too movement. I've been to both women's marches. Everything has just really shown me over and over again how much the world needs me. And that is not to say the world just needs me. Josh, whatever that anger is that's inside of, of you, it's the world needs you too right now. So whatever that anger is and however you can funnel that into creating change in the world, do it. Do it. Let Trump be a teacher. Let him be a catalyst and really honestly a catalyst for good. And I know that it looks like we're taking 10 steps back right now, but someone, oh, my beautiful friend Jen just said this to me the other day. She said, I know it looks like you're taking 10 steps back right now. But you have to remember that when the universe pulls you back like that, that it just means that it's, it's stretching you backwards so that it can propel you forward. And so as much as, as you know, all of these quote unquote bad things are coming out of Congress right now, for me, it is a temporary setback that will only propel our country further forward than we have ever known before. Well, and sometimes you got to just tear apart the kitchen to rebuild it rather than trying to patch it up, right? So I say that in the book. You can't bake a cake without making some mess. Like you can't bake a cake without breaking some eggs. You can't have a surgery without having blood all over the place, right? And it has to happen in order for us to move forward. If all of these things weren't being illuminated right now, the deep, deep racism that is so embedded in our country and the, yeah, the, yeah. And the, like, and the, um, sorry, I'm losing my thought. The, um, the harm that's being happened, like that's being done to women. And, and the, I mean, it's just, we've been, we've turned a blind eye to all of this stuff for far too long, for far too long. And this is our opportunity to actually look at it because what happens is when you have darkness, the only way to transform it is to turn on a light. And Trump right now is our light. As much as none of us want to admit it, as much as we all want to hate him, he is our light in this country right now. He is showing us exactly where all of the darkness exists. And now it is our responsibility individually and as a collective to take that anger we have and turn it into momentum. How do we find the, I want to say energy, um, to 
take our outrage, and this this doesn't just apply politically. This applies to anything in our lives. Um, over the past decade, uh, it's become very easy to get angry, spend two hours venting your frustration on Twitter. Or Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and then saying, oh, I feel a little better now, and then just let that anger eat at you for the rest of your time. But you feel like you vented it, and you feel like you did good when all you really did was spend a couple hours complaining. Right. How, do we, how do we take that energy and really do something with it? You know, the biggest opportunity that I think is there is, is finding community of other people that are wanting to make change as well. Because, and, and it requires you from getting out behind your laptop, which I know is a super <laughs> radical <hard>. idea, <laughs> right? You have to leave the house, <laughs> you have to be in community with other people, not just on the internet, but like really find a group where you can make an impact. And the other thing I would say too is, is in terms of finding the energy, focus. Focus, because we can't all be outraged about every issue that's coming out of the White House right now. We can't. If we do that, I've seen so many activists from last year completely done, burnt out, walking away, like they can't function this year because they cared so much about so many things last year. So focus. You, you find can your issue. It all, but you can't change it all. Yeah. Right. So find your issue or two, and make an impact there. And whether that looks like you join your school's PTA, or whether that looks like you run for presidency, or whether that looks like, you know, whatever that looks like for you, on whatever level, whether it's locally, statewide, nationally, whatever, find your thing and commit to it. Because it's easy to stay angry. It is not so easy to do something about it. Very true. Um, so I guess here's permission for everybody to let go of their anger and, and channel it for good. And action. Yep. Yep. Wow. Well, this has certainly been a diverse conversation. We've covered about everything on the world. I mean, around in the world. Now, um, via your coaching, I'm sure you run across these areas within the people that you're coaching. So when something, when, when something comes up from them like this, they're powerless because of their anger either, or however that goes, how do you handle that? How do you, how do you walk them through that? So become, so they become effective. You have to go through whatever it is before you can come out on the other side. Our society right now, no one wants to deal with their stuff. No one wants they, and in fact, I hate every time I see something that's just like conquer your fears or push through your fears or, you know, just like, you know, screw your fears, blah, blah, blah. No, you, you have to be in the depths of your fear in order for it to transform. If you are denying it, if you're pushing past it, if you're ignoring it, if you're conquering it, it's only going to continue to exist and bubble under the surface and it will continue to run your life. So if you're angry, you need to be in the anger. Give yourself permission to go scream. Give yourself permission to go to the boxing gym. Give yourself permission to go to the, you know, the shooting range. Give yourself permission to like do something to like be in that anger. Really, truly feel it. No one wants to feel anything nowadays, right? Because it's uncomfortable. It is the only way you will transform it the only way. You have to be in the sadness. You have to be in the fear. You have to be in the anger. You have to be in it in order for it to change. Because if you just want to skip over it, it's still going to be there. I've spent years uh, not feeling. <laughs> you know, we all have. Take that, put it in this box, contain it right here, stick it over here, refer to it, and, and move past it. And I... Uh, and, and it's, most of the time, that's okay. Every once in a while, it's not because um, it, 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 it encompasses a lot of areas. 
if you can't feel anger, you it's hard to feel love, really. Um, both ends of that spectrum uh, make it the thing you learn, the things you learn as a coach. And this is part of why I've really loved hypnosis as well, because hypnosis takes you back to scenes from your past Mm -hmm. that have been the contributing scenes to causing whatever it is that you're not liking in your life today. Right. Mm -hmm. So it gives you the opportunity to go back and one feel what you were feeling back then, because oftentimes we would feel something and suppress it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we've just been holding on to it and carrying it around for, ha- you know, however many years now for me, 30 years. Right. So it gives you the opportunity to really go back and feel it. And then you also get to use your voice. Right. So you get to sit there and you get to as the I think one of the things that came up for me on Monday was um, I, you know, I was four years old. So I got to go back and be that four-year-old and really use my voice to be like, this isn't okay. Like the things that are going on right now, like I don't want this. And I have a say in this. This is my life. I get to say that this is what I want and I don't want this. And so it gives you the opportunity to really go back and speak your truth and feel the feelings of the situation that you've just repressed for so long. And it's been really fun, like not only for me, but just also witnessing other people going through it as well. And it's, it's interesting because we are taught so much, like you said, to not feel. Right. But it's the only thing that will allow us to move on and transform. Wow. All right. So you do a lot of these uh, interviews. Um, you do, I mean, you podcast on your own, you appear on other people's podcasts, you um, appeared on the Today Show. You've been in Forbes. You you get asked a lot of questions. Is there anything, I get around. <laughs> is there anything that you wish people would ask you more often? Um, the I I always hate this question, and it's so funny because I always ask this question, and then other people hate it, and then I get asked it, and I hate it too. Anyways, I should stop asking so that people stop asking me. Um, <laughs> I think for me, you know the the vision that I have, I don't often get a chance to share because so, you know, I, like you guys have seen, I'm just as angry about things that are going on in our world as everyone else. And I have started opening up over the last six months to what am I going to do about it? Because it's not on anyone else's shoulders to do anything about the things I'm angry about. It's on mine. I get to do something about it. So what am I going to do about it? And so I have some ideas for some organizations and foundations that I'm going to be starting over the next few years that I'm really excited about. One in particular is, um, uh, so this year as I was coming back from the Women's March, I didn't stay very long. I did the March part. And once we got to City Hall in LA, I kind of turned around and came home. And as I was walking back, the streets were pretty empty, but there was this woman um, that was standing at the stoplight with me and I was carrying my sign and I had on my t-shirt that my mom got me that said feminist as fuck. Right. So I'm like in the whole thing. And, and she looks at me and she goes, she was so angry. And she said, you know, some of us have to work. And because of you guys, because of all of you, I'm late for work today because I couldn't get through the city to park, to get to work. And some of us need to work. And I, in that moment, could feel so much of her pain and, like, the weight of the world on her shoulders. And I was like, you know, there's all these women that are really struggling out there right now and having a hard time making ends meet. And I'm like, there are programs for, like, food stamps and, you know, all these other programs. But I'm like, as women, one of our biggest costs is feminine hygiene products. And they just keep getting more and more expensive and they're taxed like they're a luxury and like all these things. I'm like, why are women, especially women for assistance in most states too, right? Yeah. Especially women that either are on, you know, are on assistance or like, I mean, any of these things, I'm like, why are women having to bear the responsibility of this thing that is literally just our biology? And so one of the first foundations I want to start is, is having a program to help get women. And there's a lot of programs out there for homeless women, right? And of course, you know, affluent women can buy their own. It's great. But there's like this middle section of women that are, are 
struggling to get by. Maybe they're single moms. They, they can barely pay the bills and they're being tasked with this, this monthly cost. And so one of the things I, I want to do is really provide opportunities for that like middle group of women to get support with that and not be so burdened by something that we all need. So I, I have, you know, I have a bigger vision. I also want to somehow get involved with helping women who have been in sex trafficking, returning to, you know, everyday life and being able to take their power back and really create something for themselves and their families. And um, so I have a lot of bigger ideas, but again, that stuff's not going to come as my eight or nine until I can exist right now in where I am mm -hmm. as an eight or a nine. So that's been my work over the last few weeks is really coming to peace with exactly where I am and not pushing and trying to force my future to happen now. Those sound like um, big but conquerable tasks and uh, look forward to you know, following your path through them. Um, Thank you. And we'll definitely want to have you back on when, <laughs> when they start to happen. Thank you. Yes. I am ready for them. I'm excited for them. So um, where do you want people to find you? What do you, um, where do you like to hang out online? I have up until this point really loved Facebook and Instagram and I'm on both places at Bree Seely. Um, but I've really started getting into LinkedIn, which is yeah, fun and cool and interesting. So there's that. Um, and then also my book is on Amazon. You can search permission to leap or Bree Seely on Amazon and it'll come up. So we'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. Awesome. So any, um, Kelvin, you got any parting questions? Uh, no, I was, was going to go right. with the, uh, you know, if, if there was one thing that you wanted to say to your audience or our audience before you go, those, those parting words that kind of wrap up um, everything that you are as, as far as a, a coach and a healer and a supporter of humanity, what would you want to say? I would say whatever that thing is inside of you, you know, whether it's activism, whether it's a business, whether it's, you know, serving your children, whether like whatever that thing is inside of you, whatever it is, please, 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 please find a way to say yes to it. Do whatever you need to do, do the healing you need to do, do whatever it takes to say yes to that thing inside of you because the world needs you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you and both for holding this space. I appreciate it. We'll just tell all your friends, you know, all <laughs> 750 billion of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> have them leave them some suggestions. Tell us how they liked you, all that stuff, you know. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on. And again, we look forward to your progress and ours because of you. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Have a you great too. rest of your day. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a